Hi, and welcome back to This Week in Voice, Season 4, Episode 12. Today is Thursday, December the 5th, 2019. This is the next to the last episode of the calendar year. And it's been a busy year, and it's been a great year. We're appreciative of you for watching, for listening, uh, however it is you're consuming the show, taking diligent handwritten notes and reading those, whatever it is you're doing. Um, we appreciate you being part of this with us, um, you know, as we head into 2020. We've got two fantastic guests today on the show. I'm going to start with Amy Summers. Amy, say hello. Hey, how are you doing, Bradley? I'm doing great, Amy. Thank you for being part of this with us. Um, take a minute. Uh, tell us who you are. Tell us what you do. And um, yeah, thank you for being here. Sure. I'm a public relations professional and a publicist, which means that my job is to pitch journalists and secure exposure and interview opportunities for my clients. I founded my company, Pitch Publicity, 17 years ago, and I work with clients all over the world to help them get their stories out to the masses. Um, so as a communication specialist, I'm always on the mission to find innovative ways for people and companies to communicate what they're doing. And that's how I landed here in the voice community um, as an experiment to disrupt the book publishing industry. I launched the Pitch with Amy Summers last year, which has now become one of the most highly ranked communications and career flash briefings on Amazon's Alexa. It's basically a culmination of my life's career and work as a publicist. And um, through it, it helps you know, others with, improve their skill of pitching and communicating in general. Uh, the Pitch with Amy Summers is also an example of what I really believe is gonna be the future of how um, experts and professionals will disseminate their advice um, through teaching skills or thought leadership and bypass a very slow and often cumbersome book publishing process and instead use voice technology to create a platform for their message and a way to establish credibility and have impact on the masses that's more efficient, more relevant, and more sustainable. So, Hey, uh, I can, I'm on board with all that. Um, <laughs> Just yeah, launching a book, I'm sure you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's excellent. And, you know, um, the, the fact of the matter is that there's a whole lot of people out there which if they bought or had bought for them an Echo Dot, an Echo Speaker, whatever, and the only thing they ever did was listen to your flash briefing, they would be much better off. Um, so yeah. you, you put something great together. We commend you for that. Thanks for being part of the show with us today. Thank you. Our next guest is Noelle Silver. Noelle, say hello. And you're on mute. I know it would not, the, the space bar did not work for me. Hi everyone. Uh, so grateful to be back on the show. Um, so many things have changed uh, over the course of the year. So it's just a huge delight to be here. Um, oh my gosh. So I'm so glad that Amy's here. Cause I did not know that you did that. And that is phenomenal. I did know the pitch, but I didn't put the two together. <laughs> I'm like, Oh wait, <gasps> that Amy. 
Um, anyway, so really excited to meet you and be able to share this time with you. Uh, so for those of you listeners who don't know, um, I am the newly uh, appointed, I suppose, <laughs> Vice President of Digital Technology at NPR. Um, it's a huge change for me. I've spent my career in large tech companies like um, IBM and VMware and Amazon and Microsoft. Um, so to shift gears to a more mission-driven, principle-driven type organization, a nonprofit organization, but one that has such a huge mission in the audio and voice world. I just, it could not have been a better, you know, timing and opportunity for me to take everything that I've learned and really contribute it to the next generation. You know, I grew up as an NPR listener in the back of my, you know, parents' car, (laughs) Um, but there's a whole, you know, my kids, they're in the back of the car, but they're not listening to what I'm listening to. They have their own experiences on their own devices. And I'm very excited about what the voice um, world can bring to my children, to their children, right? To the future generations um, that are going to want to take advantage of this well-crafted, curated, produced audio content that NPR has become so well-known for. So, so yes, yeah, so that's my, my big news. Um, still very much... Uh, an Alexa developer, my skills are still going strong, um, but definitely all of my effort right now is really focused on, you know, contributing my highest and best uh, to this new role at NPR. Yeah, well, uh, they got a good one. And, um, you know, it's that's exciting. NPR, uh, first of all, we're pleased to have NPR as part of Project Voice, um, yeah. the, the number one event for a- a- voice tech and AI in America coming the week after CES, shameless. Uh, not so shameless plug. Not so shameless. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, and excited to have both of both of you there. Um, but uh, that's that's such a great fit. And, and NPR is one of those things. It's 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 at that institution level. It's you know it's doesn't matter what your your politics are. It's NPR um, is above all that. And um, and so that's uh, all the pioneering and innovation they're doing. What a great place for you, Noel. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. With that, we'll get to the news. Story number one, it's a three-parter. Project Voice Awards finalists announced. So this, um, we knew this would be a big deal. We won't spend a whole long time talking about this, but we wanted to lead the show off with this. Um, We've got uh, some fantastic folks uh, who have been uh, first of all, there was a tremendous amount of nominees. I have not spoken about this. Uh, I have not really talked about this very much. You know, I'll talk about it here. Uh, a tremendous amount of nominees came in uh, over the appointed nomination period that we had. Um, some, you know, we had a process in place where, uh, you know, if you're not going to attend Project Voice, you could pay a fee. If you are going to attend, you could make some nominations, uh, make unlimited nominations, and uh, just had a lot of um, really thoughtful submissions coming from a lot of different places. We sorted through it and, um, and produced what we produced. And, um, and we're excited about it. Uh, the finalists uh, will be posted to projectvoice.ai today. Um, but we're fortunate to have one of our finalists with us, Amy. Oh, um, thank you. I was, yeah, very surprised, but I um, appreciate that. I'm excited. 
Sure. And, uh, and Noel, you know, we, we honored you in January. You were in a bit of transition. No, you know, you can't, you can only get so many <laughs> awards in a year, really. <laughs> you, you, uh, you're, you're, you're back, you're back on the grid. You're back on the radar in a serious way. We'll, we'll, uh, yes, this will be a whole new year. Um, but no, I mean, last year I was, it started actually at, you know, with the executive of the year, and then I ended up getting a bunch of other awards. So, Honestly, I'm super excited about the newcomers. Um, you know, all of these, many of these people are not like native voice people, which we've seen, you know, over the last five years, a lot of people that have been there since the beginning, but there's so many new voices, um, new domains like Amy's, right? Where we're really, which is what I loved about your introduction. This is about teaching the world different ways to do things, different ways to connect, different ways to engage, different ways to get to your audience. Um, I love that that's going to, you know, an example like yours is going to enable people. Um, and there's so many other people on the list that, you know, are just not, I just love it. They were genuinely like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and it was so great. I love that your organization is doing something like that to commend the work that people do. And it's done every year, right? So obviously, the second you published it, people were like, but what about, but what about? <laughs> oh, you don't know anything about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the, the emails we, we, you know, and it's just, it's, it's a sign that we've done some things right, that people are mad. That they care. That's right. <laughs> that, that they're mad. And guess what? People are going to be mad if they don't win or whatever. And, um, um so, and, and, there's but, but Bradley, they will learn to read your emails now when they come in. Well, they, 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 here's, here's my suggestion. Just make projectvoice.ai your homepage. Right. <laughs> you know when to submit things. And <laughs> That's right. Um, you know, we, um, all we can do is all we can do, but it is important to honor people in the field. And with the Outstanding Achievement Awards, which is a new thing for this, uh, this go around, those, those people are not finalists of anything. They have won. Um, and, um, you know, honoring, you know, Paul Kutzinger and David Spitsky of Amazon, Kathy Pearl and Mandy Chan of Google, um, Brian Romley, um, you know, Pete Erickson. So, you know, uh, he does, he does a great job. So that's just the way, you know, people look at that and they wonder what's up with that. It is, it's real simple. It's just, we're in the business of honoring achievement in the space. So, yeah, and I think you have just as many fresh faces as you have old favorites, right? Sure. So um, I do think that we're at the beginning of this. We're in these first few years of these and project, you're right. Project voice. It's the first one. I just think it's going to get bigger and better. And like Amy said, people will pay attention to that nomination window now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, let's. It's a real uh, thing. <laughs> we yeah, we can we can hope and um yeah. and uh, as one final button on this, uh, the the awards will feature the roast of Brett Kinsella, which will be. I promise you, it will be entertaining. Uh, it may only be entertaining to me, but <laughs> it'll be entertaining and to at least you. one person. <laughs> it may not be. Yeah, it may not be entertaining to Brett. No, it, it, we're there. To, you know, it'll be honoring him. Um, and, uh, it'll be something that people will, will want to be there for. Um, the only other thing with this little, uh, story number one, we're starting with is, uh, today at 2 PM central time, I believe is when we're coming out with this, um, the exhibit hall component of project voice is now sold out. So the, yeah, so the voice world fair is completely sold out. 
Um, it's, it's just going to be a packed house. Um, and, and it, you're right, uh, Noel, it'll be uh, a lot of familiar faces, but importantly, a lot of new faces too, because for this to grow and, and we all need to see evidence of it growing and we know it's growing. Um, you know, it, it can't just be the same people talking to the same other people about the same things. Um, it's got to, it's got to grow and evolve. And, and that is what this is doing. So sorry to, uh, uh, burden the show with, uh, starting this with number one, but, uh, that's. And, and Bradley, I just want to say too, I really, um, being a newcomer to, to your voice community, I was very pleased to see Pete Erickson on your list, um, for this, uh, achievement. Uh, he is, his conference, the voice summit is the first voice conference I attended. And I actually, he had me speak at it in two different sessions, but I have to tell you just meeting Pete, uh, for the first time and being involved at that conference. And I go to so many other business conferences in other industries, but just being a newcomer, it was so welcoming. And the energy there was just, it really got you on fire. And what a, what a great conference he runs. So just as an outsider coming in, I was glad to see that he's on your list. And um, I, I got connected to a lot of people at that conference. So I'm going to build him for that product placement. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I mean, it's so honorable that you, I mean, who runs a different conference is honoring him. And I have to say from a, a PR nod, that is really, um, I'm glad that you're acknowledging his work too. I appreciate that. I've gotten to know him well. Uh, he's a great contributor to the space um, and we've gotten to, to know each other. So yeah, I appreciate you saying that and, and uh, honored to do it. Um, story number two, Mashable. Poll finds women are nicer to smart speakers than men. This is one of these things that I see and I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm hesitant to opine on it to start with, but I don't really even know what to think. So that's why I'm going to ask you, Amy, I'm going to start with you. Your thoughts on this story. Is this sort of just a, a blip on the radar? Is there something more to this that we should be thinking about, uh, your, your thoughts? Well, all I can say is that it must be a slow news day for Mashable because I'm, I'm just not buying that men are more rude, as they say, or that women are you know, less comfortable with tech. Um, I say please all the time to people, uh, but I actually never occurred to me that I needed to say please to a voice assistant. And I, the first time I heard about this please thing, was on Dr. Terry Fisher's Voice in Canada flash briefing. He was discussing about whether or not we should be saying please to Alexa. And, you know, after hearing his flash briefing, I thought, well, I guess that kind of makes sense. And I <laughs> tried to do it for a week and then um, gave up. I think that, you know, the point of these voice assistants is efficiency and for us to be faster. And I think that Adding in an extra step, I don't know if that's necessary. You know, yes, we need to be polite to people and being polite takes time and energy and thought, but I, I just don't believe that we need to say please to a voice assistant. Um, their job is to make our lives faster and more efficient. And honestly, I don't think Alexa is offended. Yeah, I, I would be inclined to agree. Noel, do you agree with Amy or, or you, what are your thoughts? I am, of course, like going to be like, yeah, I 
Kind of, no, not really. Um, so I will tell you that I have a different perspective, uh, mainly because I was on the team at Alexa working with the data scientists that were working on the model when, if you recall, like years ago, this article came out that said, Alexa is making my kids into a bad word. <laughs> um, and it was basically children were learning, just like Amy said, to be efficient and just kind of bark out these commands um, in very efficient ways. However, as you're molding young humans, and I, of course, have four of them, <laughs> I have realized that there are infinite ways in life to teach kids to do things that have nothing to do with the thing itself, right? They're just life lessons. And Alexa, because of its ingrained kind of place in our household. Now, granted, I did that ingraining um, very early on, but I use it as a tool. And so I don't personify it. I certainly don't attempt to anthropomorphize it at all, but I do see um, an interesting change when they, like you said, Amy, when they say please to any request, like it's part of your vernacular to use your pleases and thank yous. Now, granted, I have boys and girls, and I ask them to do that irrespective of their gender. So this article specifically, though, I thought was interesting because the margins were pretty small, right? It was like 60-40, which the margin for error in a study like this, I don't know. So is if it was like 80% of women are nicer than 20% of men, that would have been a little bit more compelling. Um, but the reason I mentioned the team was that one person on the team was like, we need to put please and thank you in all these utterances. We need to make sure that Alexa doesn't, um, if you remember, there was a time when if you said please or thank you, it would break. And that's why it was actually teaching kids or adults to actually not say it. Um, and so there was a very specific developer, engineer actually, who went through and said, I want to make sure that this doesn't break Alexa. Not that you have to use it, but that it doesn't break it. And went through and changed hundreds of these um, configuration files to include please and thank you. And everyone actually, they like nicknamed him like the manners polite guy um, because of that. So, so I think there's a little bit of history to why that became a thing. Um, and I think this whole men versus women thing is an interesting play, but the data is not super clear. Um, and I will say I've heard way more men yell at Alexa than I've heard women yell. So that's just my personal data. Um, I, but I'm not, you know, certainly there's probably women who scream at Alexa. Uh, so that data would be interesting, but I'd only believe it if it came from Amazon itself. <laughs> this is an interesting sort of thing just to show up and um yeah and amy i sort of i i agree with your overall your 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 opener you know must be slow uh to to hit us with with this this uh you know right now but um it's so my wife and i have a son he uses alexa quite a bit i thought about that and my wife uses it all the time as well now, my wife has raised her voice to Alexa before, but it's only been when she's had trouble getting Alexa to stop producing sound, you know, at key desired moments in time. <laughs> and um, other than that, there, it hasn't been in the issuance of a command or anything like that. And, and I'm sure everybody's different, but that's just our story. And, 
you know, my son has never said please to Alexa. And I think, you know, he's, he's polite, but maybe that is something that I ought to consider. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I look at this and I, I, I truly don't exactly know what to think, but Noel, I do agree with you for them to, you know, uh, do this whole thing with this video and, and, and this headline stated the way it is with this 60, 40 split. Yeah. Could have done without that. Um, any additional thoughts on this story? I mean, we just, we just don't need one more thing to like separate women from men. <laughs> I don't know why we keep doing this to ourselves. I mean, it's just not even necessary. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. That's, that's about as well put as that. Yeah, that, I, I'll leave it right there with that. Uh, I can complete agreement. Story number three, the voicebot.ai story of the week, voicebot.ai, the leader in news and commentary for the realm of voice. I will, I'll build Brett for that as well. Uh, if you go to voicebot.ai, you will uh, see a familiar advertisement at the top of the page. Uh, go check them out. Amazon Echo Dot continue streak as best-selling item on Black Friday. So uh, to the surprise of no one, um, a lot of Echo devices have been sold uh, lately you know, during the holiday season. No doubt more will sell uh, throughout the month of December. Noelle, I want to start with you. You know, any general thoughts you have at looking at the story are, of course, uh, appreciated and great. But I want to ask you specifically you know, we're, we've kind of taken for granted that here comes a holiday season, here comes this random thing Amazon does in the middle of the summer where they sell a bunch of stuff. Um, if, peop- if there's a time people are buying stuff, they're buying Echo devices. I mean, they might be buying other things. You know, they're buying a bunch of other stuff for the holidays, but they're also buying Echo devices. And um, we kind of, it's like the third year of this now, you know, it, it feels like we may be taking it for granted. My question, when is it going to stop or is it going to stop um, or is it just going to keep on going for a while? Your thoughts as you look at the story. Yeah, I, I love uh, when um, we start thinking about like best-selling items and because we are voice natives, right? Some of us have been on the platform since it was born. We have this understanding of the world that we're like that it's old (laughs) and the reality is and actually Amy you're kind of part of this right the reality is is every single year people are experiencing voice for the first time millions of people there are billions of people that could be like just look at the difference in audience from Alexa and Facebook right and and just the opportunity of just connecting people in a new way giving educating people on how to even use Alexa. The first three years of Alexa, we weren't super great at educating people on what it was even good for. Oh, right. And our skills weren't that awesome, right? So we have, we've had a lot of growing to do in this new market. Um, But so no, it doesn't surprise me at all that this is the case. And I actually, I see it continuing indefinitely. If not the dot, it'll be the next thing. I just bought an Alexa auto. I swore I wasn't gonna because I was very proud of my little dot in my cup holder setup, but I did. Um, And I also on Black Friday looked at the devices and went, is 33% enough to buy another 148th device? 
no, but, but I will one day, right? If there's another cool device, I'll buy the cool device. So I think there'll always be a market, especially now Amazon's created this um, huge community of people that attend things like Project Voice that love this industry. And that will propel a lot of work. We've seen like all your journalists, only a few of those have been around for a long time, right? A lot of journalists are just getting into this work. So as more of the world understands what's possible with these devices, more people will use them. I remember Jeff Barr, um, which is the, he's the chief evangelist for AWS, Amazon Web Services. He attended one of my early talks and he said something to me that has stuck with me. He said that talk, and it was my one of my early talks in like 2014 about what Alexa is and how it'll change the world. And he said to me, he goes, you can do that talk for the next decade, like the same one over and over and over. And I don't think it was though, some people might say, oh, it's because I was so entertaining on stage, but it wasn't, it was because there's so, every time I talk, every time I do that talk, there are people in the audience, actually a majority of the audience, unless I'm at Project Voice, <laughs> that don't know what is possible and don't realize how easy it is to use their voice every day in their kitchen. Um, so I think we take it, like you said, a bit for granted because we're in this space and we see these sales, but there are millions of people getting a new device this Christmas, um, maybe even 10 million. <laughs> so uh, I think it's something to think about also as we create content that we need to think about, there are people using my service I get more new users all the time more in a higher trajectory than ever before. And my skill is built for someone who started using it two years ago, three years ago. So we as content creators have to kind of think about that too, that we're getting new people with new expectations coming to this platform every single day. Yeah, well put. Amy, your thoughts on this story, uh, anything particularly stand out to you? And do you agree with Noel? Well, absolutely. I think that the Amazon Echo Dot is amazing. I have a stack of them in my closet that I give away at speaking presentations or events. They're just very affordable. They're easy to carry around. They're stylish. I remember when um, Alexa first came out and it was this big black speaker thing. My first thought was, I'm not getting one of those because it doesn't match anything in my house. and doesn't look good. So I think that, uh, you know, it's popular because it's unintrusive and you can kind of put it anywhere. And I think that as um, they get more, uh, these speakers get more versatile, it, more people will get them. So it's, it's kind of like having that, that when microwaves first came out, you know, the big microwave, like, where do you put it? <laughs> and then they just kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And so less real estate, you know, the less obvious it is, I think it's going to be more sales. It's an interesting thought experiment. And this is, this is the, what I think about when I see when we've gone through these cycles, like in, in these buying cycles, Amazon has done a lot of things well. There's some things they haven't done well, um, including, you know, discover the discoverability of skills could be better and monetization could be better and some other things. But um, they've done a whole lot right. And one of the things that they do is they've gotten in this cadence of these new devices, you know, in the third quarter or whenever it is that they come out, they, they do that press event and they have all these devices, you know, that's where the, show, the Echo Show came from, uh, the, the look, um, the, the, the buttons, um, all of their new devices. This has sort of become this thing that they do. And it's interesting to think about 
Um, and I, I guess I, I would love to, if you have an opinion, I'd love to get it. If, um, if they didn't do that, if they didn't iterate on the hardware, um, very much or at all, they just continue, maybe they, uh, iterate slightly on the form factor of the dot. And maybe they iterate slightly on the form factor of the speaker itself. And that's all they do. It would be interesting to see if, um, you know, without all that other innovation going on, if that, that curve still looked like that, um, any thoughts on that? You know, do, does the public appreciate all this innovation they're doing or really has Amazon hit upon the form factors that they, the core form factors and they probably are wasting their time doing anything else? I, my personal experience and opinion kind of comes from my time when I was at Amazon. And the reason a lot of these devices were created was to just show the world what was possible, right? They were not money-making devices, though surely by now they must be in the black. <laughs> but they weren't meant to be money-making devices. They were meant to show the whirlpools, the GEs, the you know BMWs of the world, like here's what you could do. And so here's like this reference architecture that you could build from. As a result, uh, there's a dev kit that was created to help hardware engineers embed Alexa in many different ways. But these devices and the investment in these devices started off as being this, let's just show the world what's possible. And as they do that, right, they create this kind of new momentum. And so, yeah, I, I definitely think if they did not do that, and I, of course, saw it as a service, right? We wanted to build something that gave people vision and hope, and they didn't have to do it to, you know, satisfy a bottom line. They were literally doing it for, like, visionary and innovation purposes um, and to give people an idea of the future of the computer of Star Trek, um, that without that innovation, we wouldn't be where we are today. I don't think we would be, Amazon would not be where they are today. Um, but I also think that has now evolved where it's very hard once you have something that makes money and you know people buy, you know, talk to Apple. It's very hard not to get caught into a product delivery mechanism, right? Where you're like, oh, now we just need to deliver product. So I hope Amazon is thinking, how do we preserve the innovation, reference architecture, visionary work um, on top of this kind of product cycle that tends to kind of uh, dilute, right? The, the essence of what it was originally built for. Completely agree. Amy, your, your thoughts on that? Well, um, I think you always have to innovate. And I think it, we live in a world now where we expect it, right? So every year Apple has a big reveal about you know their smartphones. And I think people are just kind of wired to expect it. I work with a lot of students who are in college and they, they listen to my flash briefing and they're always contacting me and saying, did you see the new Echo Dot? Now the next one has, a, has the time on it. So I think similar to, to fashion, yes, we could all just wear jeans and a t-shirt every single day. Mostly, that's what I do every day unless I have to go somewhere. <laughs> but, you know, the reason why we have fall and spring fashion week, you know, here in New York and all around the world is because people want, they want to feel different about, you know, the experience. And so I think it's okay that they're innovating and it, it will hook different people in at different times. Well said, both, both of y'all. I'll leave that right there. Story number four, which is related TechCrunch, in a first, Amazon launches a battery-powered Echo speaker in India. So there's a lot of 
parts to this, and it, it obviously is a good follow-up to um, the discussion about Amazon rolling out new products. Um, I mentioned this from time to time on the show. From the very start with Voice First FM, across all of our first-party shows, especially this one, India has been our number two market the whole time. A lot of people in India, for whatever reason that y'all listen to this, <laughs> you enjoy this show. And I, it's been fascinating to me. And, and then seeing, because at the point at which I observed that, there had not been any public movements into the space. Obviously, Amazon um, and Google both were working at that point to get into that market. Um, but, uh, it's just been interesting to follow, uh, how these juggernauts have approached India, um, and the, the interest from India in, in this technology. So, uh, Amy, my question for you is, um, you know, first of all, just your thoughts at a base level on the story, anything stand out to you. Um, but also, um, just share, share with us your thoughts on, um, voice abroad and you know the the how you view all of the potential of voice um moving far beyond just the united states and impacting other cultures as well because that to me is what's going on with this yeah and i think it i think it's fabulous really i mean first of all who doesn't want portability so i mean it makes sense that we're going to go to batteries and the fact that amazon is launching in india just underscores the importance India has on tech innovation. And I think that, you know, India is a country to watch, not only for tech developments, but entrepreneurs. And I think we're going to see a lot more innovation coming out of India. I was um, recently contacted by an entrepreneur in India who is in talks with me right now about bringing the pitch with Amy Summers, my flash briefing, into their country as coursework to teach important skills like pitching and networking to young entrepreneurs in India who are graduating from university with high honors, but are lacking important soft skills to be an entrepreneur. And the country of India, she told me, is putting a lot of money into entrepreneurism. They want more entrepreneurs out of India. And um, so, I mean, she literally Googled pitching and my name came up primarily because of all the, the flash briefings I've done at this point. And, um, you know, we're looking at doing this and I think it's very exciting. I, I have a huge audience for, uh, the pitch with Amy Summers uh, around the world because of, um, because of the, the smart speaker being in so many places. And so, um, I think this is really smart and, and we need to, it's a great way to reach people in other countries and, and I think that other countries like this are thinking more innovative. You know, I've spoken to some universities here in America about doing the same thing because their university classes are just full and they don't have room for students and they don't have budgets for professors. And um, so my idea is, you know, we should be doing voice tech classes that people can do virtually. Yeah, funny you'd mention that. We'll have a story about that next week that we just weren't ready for today. But uh, Noelle, uh, same question for you, your thoughts on the story in general, and do you agree with Amy? Yeah, absolutely. Um, going global is a thing, making, uh, you know, for those who know me, accessibility has always been a huge interest of mine, passion uh, of mine. And so adding 
and I think maybe four, three years ago, I got a, the huge cylinder echo with a battery pack and took it on stage with me. So I've always been a big fan of just portable technology. Um, and the tap, if you remember the tap, I still have a functional tap that I take onto my porch. Um, but from in my India perspective is a little bit different only because I, I last year was on the an AI road tour and visited six cities in India and saw such a huge uh, opportunity with different partners, different leaders, different entrepreneurs and startups that were already extremely well-versed. As a matter of fact, it was the first time I saw on a telephone pole, similar in the United States where we'd see like someone advertising for like buying houses, they had an advertisement for AI engineers on a telephone pole, which would indicate that there's way more people just walking around with skills in AI um, than maybe we have here. So I think there is a wealth of not only people that are interested in tech, but also just a hunger for knowledge, a hunger for information. And there is a huge market. The one thing though, I did see when I was in India though, which always troubles me when we, as the West push into countries like this with products, is that there were also very, very poor areas, very you know affluent, faced with poor and not just a little poor, like, outside plumbing pour. Um, I remember going into the Microsoft office, which is all glass, beautiful, amazing, and looking out the window and seeing, you know, shacks, no doors, like, like plywood sheeting, weird craziness. Um, and so uh, my heart, uh, you know, instantly goes to great. If we're going to do that, how do we do that meaningfully? How do we do it in a way I love what Amy said about bringing, you know, how do we create entrepreneurs that can bring money and resources into that area? Um, there's just a lot of good we can do along with the technology. And so I, I hope that that doesn't get lost in this kind of mad rush to like, yeah, we can sell more devices. Um, how do we also equip them to use those devices to get education like the pitch or like, you know, any number of different categories of content that's available today? Like NPR. Like NPR. <laughs> like NPR. Like NPR. <laughs> NPR everywhere. NPR. <laughs> um, That's what I, yes, exactly what I said. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, um, it's interesting to try to separate it, it, And thank you both for that commentary. So it's interesting to try to separate um, what the, the, the innovation and the utility of the smart speakers brings to international audiences, what percentage of it is that? And then what percentage of it is American cultural imperialism? And it, it's, it's all obviously woven together, um, but it's, it's, it's fascinating to sort of watch and, and keep up with. And uh, one of my favorite stories that we covered on this show um, was in India, one of the popular uses of smart speakers is ordering and Noel, you might have been on. The, I forget who was on the show when we covered this, but um, one of the popular uses of smart speakers is to order produce, and you order produce with your your smart speaker, your voice assistant, um, and um, it'll get brought to you like imagine Uber Eats, except you don't pay up front; you pay in cash when the person brings it to you. 
So right off the bat, uh, Americans aren't down for that. Uh, no, you know, nobody trusts each other even remotely close for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's fascinating to see as the technology becomes more ubiquitous and proliferates, how different cultures respond and react to it. Uh, so, yeah, thank you both very much for, for your thoughts on that. Uh, we will wrap up uh, quickly here. We've got two stories uh, to close. Story 5A, Siri contradicts meteorologist news at 11. I'm going to skip over this. This is a great video to watch. Um, basically, the gist of it is a uh, meteorologist is sitting there talking about how it's going to snow, and then Siri says, oh, there's no snow in the forecast. And then this conversation ensues. It's actually uh, it's one of those sort of artifacts that uh, you know people will point back to uh, this snapshot in time that we're in. I'd much rather focus on 5B. The Santa tracker is now activated on Google Assistant. This is, this is where it's at, you know, for me. Google Assistant, um, you know, kudos to having the Santa tracker on there. Of course, there's some Alexa skills, uh, including, Noel, one that you had your hands in, Dear Santa, uh, which we featured in, uh, in the book. But uh, it, your thoughts, anything about either one of these stories, and Amy, I'll start with you. Uh, if there's anything that stood out about either one of these stories that you, that, uh, you found interesting, uh, I would love to hear that. But uh, your thoughts on the Santa tracker now being active, activated? Well, it's probably a good question for Noel because um, I don't have kids in my house. So my reaction to that one is I think a better skill would be how about the Santa fact checker? Because I think parents would appreciate that when their kids start questioning about Santa, like how do reindeer okay. fly and why does Mrs. Claus have to stay home and work while Santa gets to go all around the world? I mean, when you start getting those tough questions, I think the better skill for parents would be, um, don't ask me, ask Alexa, because then they can get out of continually lying to their children about what's going on. Then they can say later, well, I didn't lie to you. It was Alexa. So that's my, my thoughts on the, the Santa one. Okay. Uh, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was awesome. Um, <laughs> lying to your children. I mean, let's. that's another episode. <laughs> yeah, let Alexa lie. Because when they grow up and say, AI. I never said that about Santa. It was Alexa. Just blame it on her. Using AI to get out of these complex situations. Um, well, I will certainly jump in with the, uh, you know, the NORAD tracker when it hit Alexa was amazing and awesome and um, was just such a huge uh it was a huge opportunity for uh, for me to engage my children with voice in a way that they didn't need me, right? Like, it actually just go and ask. But I remember when this launched the first time, um, that first year, my kids would ask Alexa, uh, is Santa alive? And it would then pull from Wikipedia the death of St. Nicholas. <laughs> this is why we need the Santa fact checker. <laughs> And it said like, oh, no, no, Santa died back in like 1335, <laughs> um, and which was bad. And it was obviously changed uh, by a team I know well and love dearly. Um, but it was one of those things where, yes, like a huge, I think that's amazing. We should heavily consider um, getting something like that done. <laughs> um, but I think this time of year is amazing. I have a, a skill that does very well this time of year called Christmas kindness. And it's just a bunch of um, 
ideas, you know, randomly selected of Christmas, random acts of kindness. And I get, I go from nothing, like all year I get maybe 10 requests a week (laughs) Um, to right around this time, it gets up to like 10,000 users. And I'm just, I think it's awesome that people are looking for kindness or looking for mindfulness activities during this time of year. Um, And so this is just my chance to say, there are so many skills now that can help bring you a little bit of peace. in this crazy holiday season, especially when your kids are asking you questions you don't want to lie about. Like Christmas kindness is a good, safe, (laughs) fact-checked skill. Um, But I think it's a great time of year. And I'm really grateful for all those skill developers that are doing this and that they're bringing it to platforms other than Alexa. Because I do like the idea of diversity across channels. Um, So I think this is a great example of that. It's an introspective time of year. And it's a time, you know, where people look back uh, at the calendar year, but they're also looking ahead. And you're right. It's a, it's a great time for all of those things. Oh, hold on. I'm hearing, I'm getting a message from Santa Claus. Amy, you're on the naughty list now. <laughs> I just got, I, I just got the it's word. It's Bradley. I actually don't need anything. I live in a one bedroom apartment in New York city and I have no room for any gifts. So just send funny. Okay, I, I will. I will communicate. So I can pay that, for the rent. Uh, yeah, I, 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 that, uh, that that will be heard. I just want to let you know. I just got that message loud and loud and clear. Um, thank both of you, Amy, Noel. Uh, y'all are awesome. Thank you very much for taking this time, sharing this time, sharing your experience and expertise, not just with me but with the audience as well. It's appreciated. Thank you for having us on, Bradley. Yeah, it was our pleasure. Thank you. It was great. For This Week in Voice, Season 4, Episode 12, thank you for listening or watching if you're watching on YouTube. Until next time.